Hello everyone. I stuttered a little bit in the beginning. It's because uh, where I'm transitioning my sleep schedule back. So it's been whatever. Anyway, it's Hotline League episode 145. Uh, we are now done with quarterfinals and headed full speed onto semifinals. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, as well as some Cloud9 news. And uh, I released a video today talking about player salaries, whatever. We can talk about that if somebody wants to call in. But first, my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh, it's going pretty good. I also am trying to fix my sleep schedule, and it went disastrous. I went to bed at like 2.30 and then like got up when my girlfriend went to work at 6 for like an hour and then went back to bed and then got up at like 9 or 10 again, and I've been up basically since then. So yeah. it's uh, it's not been a great transition back. I went to bed at 4.30 or 5 and got woke up at nine um and i would like i'm pretty tired like i would definitely want to go sleep after this but i had a, a deficio interview uh last Ooh. night at 1 a.m that got postponed till 1 a.m tonight so i am staying up late to talk to him so that's a little bit of a tease for anybody that is uh i also always feel weird complaining about my sleep schedule and the amount i'm getting when ls is in the call because i feel like he doesn't sleep <laughs> and so like it's these guys probably always has this beat I don't know. What, what has it been like? <laughs> I slept three hours. Yeah. I don't on, think that's man. healthy. I don't think it's healthy either. Listen, it's going to be fine. Okay. Worlds is ending soon. We have two weeks left. Yeah. And then off weeks. season starts for me, which is going to be hectic. Um, yeah. Anyway, if, if the world doesn't end the week after uh, Worlds. Anyway, uh, LS is here. If you guys didn't catch up, <laughs> didn't catch that when he was just talking about stuff, LS. You were in an undisclosed location in an area of Korea that you are not normally in. Is that true? Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm here. I was on the, so I, I have to go to the hospital right after because um, something's wrong with my eyes. And oh, no. I'm just waiting for that. That's my next appointment. So I have to go to a hospital right after. And it, it it's, yeah. Well, I uh, I hope everything ends up okay. I didn't realize this. We, yeah. You and I were trying to figure out if you could come on and originally it didn't seem like it, but now it looks yeah. like you're, you're going to be able to do it. So um yeah. happy to have you here and glad that we could we could have you back on because we're trying to continue as as some have picked up we are trying to do a lot of international hotline leagues yeah. during worlds so it's cool to, to be able to do that unfortunately this show takes place in the middle of the night for europe so we haven't been able to get anyone from them anywho actually because we hate them uh, true before true. i before i talk to my co-host and guest about their weeks I want to give a shout out to Alienware and DraftBuff, both for sponsoring the show. We're going to talk more about them in a bit. But Mark, you mentioned you are uh, trying to fix your sleep schedule, but how's your week been? And by the way, if I seem a little low, quiet energy right now, I don't know what I'm saying sentence-wise. Uh, Kobe's asleep in the room next to me, so I'm trying to, to play it cool. Um, should I shout hello at him? Please don't. Okay. Uh, my week was pretty good. Been grinding some Genshin Impact. Hit AR33 despite barely doing anything in leeway harbor yet you know uh that's probably the only thing that happened and that's it uh, that was it yeah. the whole no, week uh, <laughs> i think the, so one thing i'm very excited about is i'm so happy g2 won and we uh, avoided the nightmare scenario i was you and i were talking about like preparing a video about how if g2 had lost to gen g there would have been four out of seven domestic or like regional best of fives at Worlds. It would have been the majority of the only best of fives played this year. <laughs> would not have counting been plans. Ones, yeah, not counting plans. Uh, would have been ones that you, you 
already saw or could have already seen. Uh, and so thank God G2 upset and, and kept, uh, kept it interesting. Cause I was, I had this whole complaint video ready to go. Now it's dead. Yeah. And we, and we had two weeks. So one week, uh, we had LS accurately predict that TSM would not win a game. And then this week, his G2 prediction, I believe, was uh, about as opposite as you could get. And I <laughs> didn't take the time to go go create another video for that. But uh, <laughs> It was just a typo, Travis. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay. I gotcha. Gotcha. That would be the video. It would be like you saying it and then the score and then you just say yeah. it was a typo. Um <laughs> Anywho, no, but how's your week been, LS? Because you you got to cast uh, the repeat for LCK at Worlds this year, so yeah. that's kind of cool. But uh, how's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, obviously, like quarters was interesting. I, casting Dom one DRX. I mean, I, it went about as expected. I thought it was going to be the fastest quarter. Um, I thought Dom one was just going to win every game in twenty five minutes or under. Um, and so that was interesting. That was my last cast at Worlds. Um, and so that meant a lot to me, too. I just made, like, that that Twitter post before it was cool, apparently. Um, and then... <laughs> there you go, you know? Uh, I should have that, done a... That was my good. last interview at Worlds Twitter post after group stage. Just be like... I, yeah. I missed out on the train. That was... I, the cooldown show was the last one that I did uh, for quarters. Yeah, I just... I guess I just didn't need to declare it to the world. Get, get it together. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Ellis, continue. Yeah. So, so um, Saturday, I emer I had, like, an emergency where I went to my eye doctor because I, I have an eye disease called keratoconus. Um, it's pretty common, actually, like, the, the number of people that have it worldwide. Most people don't know they have it until it's, like, too late um, to, like, freeze it before needing, like, a cornea transplant, whatever. Um so I went there, my eyesight was really bad, and then I found out that I had to go to a hospital today, uh, which is what I'm doing right after the show. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, all right, weekend. so... I hope it all works out. I'm Yeah, it's nervous. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous <laughs> when you say it like this. I'm yeah. definitely a bit of a dumbass about these things, so I Googled it really quickly. Uh, yeah. how, Kobe how... has it. Kobe has it? Yeah, we're, we're Karatakonis brothers. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So how serious, like, is it on a scale of like, uh, I don't know, one to death? Like, um, uh, so you can go white blind. Uh, white blind is like you can make out that there's obviously colors and shapes, but you won't be able to see any detail. Uh, that's if it keeps progressing and you never do anything about it, and then you need to get a corneal transplant um, from a donor. Um, but there's a procedure called uh, CXL, uh, which freezes it and it's placed. Uh, there's no cure, uh, but you can get CXL and freeze it. Uh, I have it frozen in both my eyes, uh, and so with lenses, I can see pretty good, but glasses don't work because my eyeball is actually just pointy. So yeah, that's... glasses, don't, it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah, when um, I was reading it, I was like, oh my god, what is this? Yeah, but uh, something might be wrong with my, my retina right now, which is why I'm going to the, the hospital. Okay, well, we're going to... I, I really hope for the best for you. We're gonna just continue the show on, even though that sounds pretty dire. I'm a little, you know. I hope I hope everything goes okay. But everything's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, anyway, uh, I think every single person from the Cloud Nine organization is in our Twitch chat right now because uh, they 
they know that there's we have Claude Nine in the title, and so it's it's summoned all because they're them. they're coming to do damage control already after yeah. losing yeah. the off season yet again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's interesting. So has the Cloud Nine organization? Okay, for those that don't know, um, ESPN reported today uh, news that I had also heard, uh, though did not report like an idiot. That uh, <laughs> did you just call Jacob Wolf an idiot? No, no, no I was calling myself an idiot because I didn't report it. Oh, uh, um, I was like, all right, dude. Uh, I was going to put it into a predictions video. Anyway, um, so uh, Licorice apparently will not be starting uh, and will potentially, seems like going to another team. Budge will be mm-hmm. starting. This is despite uh, the Cloud9 statement that they weren't going to be making roster changes, but with OCE uh, changing, Fudge is now a resident, so that's why they've decided to do this. Um, and it looks like Cloud9 hasn't tweeted anything other than retweeting Licorice's statement saying like he's ready to play for another team, which is... They replied to his thing as well. Um, so like it's basically confirmed. The org just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it... Pro- I'm sure it came out before they were ready and so they don't have like their tweet video thing ready to go, you know. Thank you so much. Thanks for all the years kind of thing. Yep. I'm sure we'll get one though. But we now have immediate ov- um, evidence as to what the OPL change will be doing or OCE change for, for North America. So yeah, sure, we'll get some takes about that. And uh, Fudge is in the chat, so anybody who does want to have a take on it, just know that you might be talking about the man in front of him. Um, uh, Portilla says, we were already working on a proper farewell for Eric, and he deserves the absolute best. Licorice politely asked us yeah. if he could announce on Twitter about the notice that was given to him last week, and C9 approved his request. There you go. Um, and now Diamond is copy-pasting uh, Portillo's statement. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Big brain by, by Licorice there. Get all those Twitter followers if if you're going down. Take Get get the cloud on the way out. Um, Mark, did you... you might have, or I guess you've been awake, so I don't know. Mark, did you notice that I did my my our lcs pro players overpaid video i saw it didn't watch it like most of your content do you want me to give you just a a preview (laughs) sure is it going to be longer than the video itself okay video is 12 minutes (laughs) so i just need to come in a little bit below that (laughs) Uh, no i mean the only reason i bring it up is because i i assume that there might be one or two people that want to call in about it since um i just posted it this morning but or i guess this afternoon time has no meaning uh, basically my argument is, uh, I don't think that pro players are overpaid based off of international success because like the amount of money that a pro player makes in a, a region is not inherently tied to international success. It's not like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, well you didn't make it out of groups, so you're now only worth 300 K, but if you got made it out of groups, you'd be 450, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so, and I talk a little bit about the fact that like, some of these orgs are raising millions and millions and millions of dollars and the valuations of the orgs are going up a ton. The players can't take any equity other than Bjergsen being the exception and some mm-hmm. uh, C9 players. Uh, and so so this is kind of the way that they are compensated for the value that they are bringing to the org. I don't know. I talked a lot about it. I'm not going to go over the whole thing as Mark doesn't want me to. But if people disagree with that or they want to come in with a different take, I'm sure that's something we can talk about too. And basically I brought this up because there was a lot of, con- everybody started memeing the 400 K number and uh, I'd see the Twitch chat or YouTube comments or something like that saying, how dare they? Um, and yeah, so that's a big topic. I don't know if there's anything else that happened this week that I'm missing besides worlds, the cloud nine thing and 
if anybody wants to talk about my little video. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything we're missing, LS? Uh, Twitch chat usually comes up with I... stuff. Oh, I mean, there's the there's the the LEC Wulu guy on uh, Twitter. He's like known for I think high accuracy, right? Uh, yeah. LEC leaks. And he said um, Nemesis is no longer. Yeah, Nemesis. he said Nemesis is no longer uh, going to be on Fnatic, and then he deleted his tweet, claiming like insensitivity uh, after being called out uh, by a few people on it. Um, and then also, there's the biggest signing of the offseason, uh, which is T1 winning the offseason by signing <laughs> a multi, multi-role phenom. Tyler That's Warren. true. T1, yeah. T1. Trying to get an interview with that. I reached out to their PR people, so we'll see. Um, I don't know if there's going to be, oh, there's Twitch chat popping off. I don't know if we're going to have too much, uh, conversation around it, but we'll, we'll see if, if somebody has some crazy take on how SKT is going to be wildly different because they've signed Tyler one. I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Is that there's so also wh- our move to Mad Lines? What's oh, it? was that? Uh, yeah, I saw that. And yeah, wasn't there another one too? I thought I saw, or was it just the Armut thing? I, well, Shadow was released, right? Apparently. Okay. Or is that a rumor? I don't know. Uh, there's uh, yeah, Alfari I... to Rogue rumor. Um, there's Tarzan uh, to LNG. That happened. Yeah. I've heard a rumor. Okay. A soft, soft, soft rumor that uh, Alfari might be coming to NA. Really? So we'll okay. see. I mean... Here's the like here. I guess it's that time of the year again. So let me give the um, the normal spiel. Hello, everyone. You might not know this, but the trade window has not opened yet and won't be open for a while. So what happens now is you have a lot of these teams that are kind of like talking and posturing and having these different, I know, back and forths. And what might be true is that, for instance, I might hear Alfari is potentially coming to North America. There might be a rumor that he's going to Rogue. Both these things can somewhat be simultaneously true because guess what? Nothing is signed. Nothing is whatever. Uh, and on any given day, an agent might be telling players or people that his player is probably going to go to one team, but in reality, they have plans to send him someplace else. Everything is very fluid and dynamic early on. That uh, sounds a lot like how I couch my predictions. You know, anything can happen. You know, don't read too far into this. I mean, I, I mean, anyone who I reports say on this stuff. Anyone who anyone who reports on this stuff will tell you like the same thing, right? Which is you hear all this stuff and then you hear like, oh, it fell through. Like last year, the thing that constantly seemed to be changing a ton was like the the Cloud9 stuff kept falling through because then something else with like Dig was going to... Oftentimes these things are dominoes where you need one team to release a certain player so that a different team can pick them up. And if that team decides not to release it, then this weird domino effect doesn't occur. So anyway, we will see how this goes. Um, I just, yeah, people can be angry if people get wrong, but stuff changes a ton. Thank you on straight for the five gifted subs. Uh, anyway, I guess we can just get into calls. So if people want to start putting their takes in the call, Mark, do you want to just explain? Yeah, so if you haven't seen the show before, this is a live call-in show. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and spam Twitch chat with the Discord link. You can go ahead, click that, join up whenever you can. 
Uh, when you get here, go ahead and join the Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channels and mute your microphone once you get in there. That's where you'll be hanging out uh, while you post your uh, takes in the uh, text channels above, either the Pleb Topics or Subtopics text channels. Uh, if I like your take, I will go ahead and pull you into the waiting room where you will hang out until it's your turn. We'll do a quick audio check to make sure everything sounds good, and then we'll pull you on air to discuss your take with us live. And if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. We're actually getting a ton of subs right now in the chat. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It's because this is a pay-to-win show. Um, Travis no. exclusively true. pulls I always, people. I always tell people that on my stream. Not true. <laughs> Uh, we have been playing a lot of Genshin Impact, and I'm going to be honest, it has made me want to... Playing that pay-to-win game has made me want to make this a pay-to-win We should show. do that with takes, dude. You just fucking... We got to build a lotto system for takes, so I actually don't even need to try anymore, because people are always like, oh, you're pulling you're pulling bad takes. You pay $25, and most likely, you will only be offered the opportunity to show up on a other tiny community show. But one in every nine pulls, you are guaranteed to end up on Hotline League. Mm -hmm. It's the pity timer. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah, when we get the first caller, I pulled someone, and we can just get yeah, 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 go for it. <gasps> oh, the hell was that? I I need to change uh, Discord permissions. Is what I'm realizing. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. Go for it. Okay. So replicate storm. Thank you for the prime. No deck. Thank you for gifting a sub. Lord Goof. Thank you for the sub. Secret Park Perk, thank you for the Prime Metalist Nodak gifted a sub, Ghost Time gifted a sub, Unstraight gave five, and Gengarifith is here. Gengar, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Lexington, Kentucky. From Kentucky. Have you been on the show before? Yeah, I was here when Raz was here. I almost, I was positive we pulled you because I'm pretty sure your name is a combination of the Pokemon and the anime character, right? Uh, Pokemon is my last name, but yeah. Oh, what the fuck? I thought it was from Berserk. All right, never mind. Sorry, not as cool anymore, I guess. No, not at all, dude. Way to go. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, Ashley Kang's tweet, uh, was Group A the secret group of death? Was Group oh, A the secret group of death? I mean, given that TL was in it and they didn't make out, I think it's pretty clear that that was the stacked fucking group. Call done. Thanks, Gringer. Uh We can move <laughs> on. Uh, I'm I'm curious what what Alice's take on this is because one thing that was really interesting. I don't remember where I saw this. I think it was one of the pro one of the players said it in an interview. Um, they said something about like they actually didn't prep that much for Sooning uh, going into the second round robin. They were prepping for the teams that they knew they could beat because that's how they would get out, and they didn't really care about getting out one or two or something. And so they. Yeah put extra prep into Team Liquid and Machi and then played some pretty close long series or games versus Sooning. And I guess they didn't really prep that hard for them, but was what they were saying. So um, I don't know. The whole thing was really interesting seeing, you know, both group A teams do, do pretty well in quarterfinals. Um, so just to repeat, the, the notion is that group of A was not the group of life, basically. Yeah, it specifically, it was the group of death. Yeah, like, now that we see how good the teams from Group A were, it was actually the hardest group or something. Given that top, uh, or uh, JDG lost or whatever. Um, I mean, I, I think that's, that, I mean, uh, 
I think that's kind of weird, right? And in in especially in a best of one setting, uh, where we're suggesting that the groups are easier um, because some teams took games off of one another, uh, despite the environment of the group. Um, but I think that like, if you ask the teams, what is their perception of the group? The issue is that Sooning and G2 both just say like, there's only two other teams. With, they sort of just acknowledge each other as like the only. Oh, they say you know, like oh, right. they're like if it was the group of death, it's because we are death. Uh, right, 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 right. It's it's about trying to upset us, not because the teams are all good. I mean that that's my perception of it. I I imagine that wouldn't that not be defined as a I mean group based of death, off of the G two press conference, based off the G two press conference, I assume G two would just say. There is no group of death. We are death. We're going to uh, just win right, this right. whole thing. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. but I mean, so the, the group of death thing in, in the, the league scene has been changed compared to, well, like people have different perceptions of it. Because I think in, in traditional sports, group of death was like, there's three deserving teams who would normally get out of other groups, but because they're all stuck together, one of them's going home earlier in the tournament than they should. In the league right. scene, I see a lot of people say like, it just means that there's two monsters in the group. Um, and that's where I still, like, I guess to the caller I, I, would, I would redirect to you a little bit uh, about this tweet is the point that Sooning and G2 are just monsters or is it that therefore Team Liquid was actually probably pretty good and maybe could have gotten out of other groups is that is that where, what the direction is uh, I mean I I would venture to say Team Liquid could get out of uh, another group possibly group uh, was it D uh, with Fnatic in them, am I misremembering the names? Uh, of the group that, C, but yeah, yeah, I think FlyQuest was Group D, right? Yep. Although, I mean, like, I don't know that if you, if you take out the tiebreak, that Sooning and G two both go four two, and Team Liquid goes three three. And I, I don't know. I I think I think that's pretty close group. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, Fnatic was really good. It wasn't like Group C was a pushover just because Genji got styled on by G two. Um, yeah. Like there, like LGD wasn't wasn't LGD was better than Machi, right? So like, I'm not sure Team Liquid gets. Maybe they go zero two versus LGD. You don't know. That's uh, fair. I I didn't mean my take to be a ways to put it down the other teams. I was I was right, 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 thinking, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I mean I think look, I think anytime you have two teams from the same group make it to semifinals, it is worth examining the strength right. of that group in retrospect and saying like, hey. Did Team Liquid have tougher opponents than, say, you know, Group B or I don't know. I guess it wouldn't be B, but you get the point. And um, and I I don't know. I do think Team Liquid potentially could have done better in a different group. Like, what if they were in Group B with JD, PSG, and Rogue? Um, or sorry, like if they took one of those spots, like the PSG or Rogue spot. Um, I think I think they would still finish third in that group. Behind JD. Yeah. Yeah. Behind JD, G, and... Yeah. One, because, yeah. because, I mean, like, the thing that I've said a couple times now is, like, Team Liquid's... You can't judge them by their day day two performance in a specific game. You have to remember their yeah, first right. couple yeah. days where they went out there with bad drafts and playing poorly, and, and they went 0-2, and they lost the game to Machi. Like, they would lose to PSG. PSG was good, you know? Not incredible, but, like... They yeah. would beat Team Liquid if Team Liquid had that draft again, I think. So, like, you're still starting 0-2 in that group and then having to fight your way up. And I don't I don't think that they're going to rip off three wins on day two to get out of that group. 
Yeah, Makes that's sense. a fair point. Hey, Gengar, thank you for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, I mean, shout out you all. I mean, this is like a dream come true for me because I got my favorite analyst and my favorite talk show all in one night. Uh, and then I guess I want to shout out my high school League of Legends team that I coach. Uh, we've won two state championships and we start our third season uh, tomorrow, actually. So that's exciting for us. Thank you. Build the next generation of NA talent. We need it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait, why are you laughing? I was being serious. <laughs> uh, he knows it's I mean, doomed. He's I, like, I, no, 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 that's sorry. I, I believe in my kids a lot. I, I should rephrase. No, it's fine. It's fine. It was just, your response was not what I was expecting. Anyway, thank you, Gengar. Have a good one. You too. Um, <laughs> Those kids are doomed. <laughs> NA is doomed. I think it's more like it. <laughs> All right, uh, Mark's going off to grab the next group. Thank you to Avera, Unstraight for the five gifted subs, X Horza, Insulin Shots, John G365, uh, X Solvark for gifting five subs and subbing as well. Uh, the Sleepy Senpai, Sherman made it to a one year streak. Thank you, Sherman. Naomi, and I think I think we're pretty much caught up. Uh, oh. Kawi, So Serious, Ari Waddle, Quiet Pirate, Replicate Storm, Tyler Cato, and Ein Vaults. Okay, grabbing the next, or Mark is grabbing the next caller. Should have that there for everyone in a second. And Mark is taking an extremely long time, so I'm just filling so that when we get the audio version up, people aren't sitting here in their car. Hi, Mark. Okay. Uh, how do I say your name, caller? It's Facundo. Facundo. Are yeah. we saying something bad? Is this one of those what? <laughs> in a language that we don't know what we're saying kind of things? I'm from Argentina, so... Well, I was going to ask you where you're so from. So maybe. <laughs> I was going to ask you where you're from, but uh, welcome. thanks for calling in from Argentina. Awesome to get an international caller. We love international callers. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, okay, so I was talking to Mark about um, Europe against in Korea and how G2 overcame those huge teams. Uh, what was your take about that? Um, I've, it sounds like some breaking news just happened. I'm very curious. One second. Uh, <clears throat> Twitch chat is blowing up right now. Might be it's that time of year where we all freak out about stuff. I don't know if uh if Twitch chat is just trolling or not. Oh nope, they're just trolling. Anyway, sorry. One more time uh with your take call. Yeah, uh like I'm a huge fan from Europe, even though I'm from Argentina, and I love how the region was able to like in these past three years, I believe, to overcome all those huge teams from Korea that was a major major region for a whole time. And what was your take on this G2 level uh, over those last two years against Korean teams? So what, what do you think of just the, the general questions? Like, what do we think of EU's dominance over Korean teams, especially G2, especially given yeah. that... Uh, Korea was so dominant for so long. So, exactly. LS, first off, do you think G2 is like Korean kryptonite, which is sort of how they're being positioned now? 
Yeah, I saw the the positioning um, of it all. I think. Uh, I mean, I the 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 G2 Gen G series. I thought it was over very shortly into game two. I just thought Gen G probably wasn't gonna win. I remember live viewing it and saying that. Um, it just. It, I, I I don't know what it is. Um, it seems like the way. G2 has, so obviously I'm referencing like, you know, several uh, years now of play and whatnot. Um, the way that they'll just approach the, the groups is definitely really good. Um, or approach the matches against Korean teams, I think is really good. Um, I liked the, the perks self uh, reflection on last year that I thought was actually really funny. Um, where he talked about like why they beat uh, T1 uh, and why they lost to FBX. Um, and just, like, their general ideas of, like, preparing and stuff. I thought that was really good. Um, I think Gen G did not look like themselves on the day, and I think G2 looked like how they can look. Uh, and what I mean by that is, like, I think some of the cleanest League of Legends that I've ever seen uh, ever was actually, like, G2 versus Fnatic Spring Finals. I think that was uh, some of the best league from, like, an analytical viewing experience. Um and G2 can just have these series in games sometimes where it just looks really, really, really good uh, cohesively and whatnot. Um, and so I think G2 showed up in the way that they can show up and Gen G bombed in a way that I don't think they've really ever bombed before outside of like the T1 uh, disaster that they had earlier on this year. Yeah, that was kind of long-winded, sorry. Now, didn't they bomb at Worlds in Korea? Am I th mixing them up with a different team? Well, I, I meant like... The, well, uh, you mean like a former iteration of Gen Yeah, yeah, you meant you this mean? this lineup. Oh, yeah, I, I mean this lineup, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think that there's anything inherent about G2's play style that... that counters korean teams i was he... muted and because i'm wearing a mask you probably couldn't see my mic my no. mouth moving no. oh god were you talking so a ton? <laughs> no not a ton i was just like responding to like the little things i was like man they're ignoring the fuck out of me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good job uh anyway uh, uh I, mark did you did you want to say what you were saying yeah i was going to combo off some of the stuff ls was saying because i also predicted uh genji to win um I remember you the... specifically said to me that you were very confused by your predictions because you predicted everything that would happen, and yet you d so you didn't understand <laughs> why then you predicted Genji to win. Well, no, no, it wasn't that. It was like I predicted a bunch of the things to happen, but then they still lost. And so I was like, "Wow, I must have really missed something here." <laughs> um, and I think the, the thing that I kind of under undervalued was like G 2s coordination um, in like. 5v5 and skirmish situations and stuff because and even like macro i knew they had better macro which is like one of the things i said like i know they're a better macro team probably than than genji like they're they do more interesting things they have different setups and stuff and so like but i just didn't think like when i watch game one and i, I watched genji get basically everything that i thought they would get through the first 20 minutes of the game and then still lose that game and just get picked apart so yeah. completely i was like wow Wow, they're so fucked. As soon as game one, yes, yes, yes. it was like they got the first three Drakes. BDD even used Azir to like shove them out of the third Drake. Wounder didn't come down, so he's taking top turret. I think they got both Rift Heralds. I think they got the first two turrets, and they had like a 1k gold lead. Couldn't make any plays happen, and, and G2 just went wherever they weren't, kept the gold yeah. lead close, and then pulled them apart with macro 
and I was like, oh my god, Genji, you're so fucked. Because like, if you can't win, not like not like they were in a, a dominating position, but I just can't imagine like outside of like an insane draft win or an insane like early game level one snowball. Like I can't imagine a cleaner game that's up Genji's alley that they then. Yeah, it was it was it was one of those ones where I was like, wow, I really underestimated G two, um, and and how how good they are as a team because. Everything I thought Gen G would do, they did, and then they still lost that game. That's that's what I was telling you. Where I was like, "Wow, I I kind of was right about my expectations." It's just I underrated G two for sure. Back to sort of the colors point, though, LS. Like, I think even LPL was memeing, uh, like the LPL Twitter account, or like one of them, or yeah. Weibo, or something like that, about like everything's going to plan. Whenever G two took out uh, Gen G, this idea that kind of continuing the idea that. Uh, oh, we've thrown G two onto that side so that they can they can take out the LCK teams and then we could take them out. Before, you know, just like last year. Do, do you think there's any truth to that? Because like I know it sounds like you you think G two played really well and Gen G kind of boomed a bit, but like, is there anything inherent about G two that feels like is just a a great counter to LCK playstyles? Um, I think Korean teams beat themselves up pretty hard um, when things don't go according to plan. Um, I think, like, you can get glimpses of this in, like, the backstage shows that, like, certain teams have, uh, where you can see that players just get very lost uh, when games start being lost. Um, and not just, like, regular games, not, like, best-of-three-type games that are happening in the regular season, um, but, like, important ones, and you look at the, the backstage videos. Um, that was one of the things that I noticed when Riot was, like, showing the backstage of uh, Genji. Um, the players looked very stressed out, similar to what you can, like, see uh, from, like, their behind... I don't know the name of Genji's show. Uh, like, T1 is Locker Room, and Genji is something. And then TSM is, like, Legends, right? So yeah. they have their show titles. Um, it looked really similar. Um, and I think that as soon as Korean teams feel lost, then they're probably just going to lose. Um, because they're going to, the cohesiveness is going to drop, they're going to start doubting things that they're doing, and then uh, all it takes is, like, individual Korean players to start doubting things that they're doing, and then I think that things are going to uh, go pretty badly. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty much that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, worth pointing out because I think this is something I see a lot with, with like NA teams, even kind of like going into worlds. I feel like, you know, they, they seem to psych themselves out so much. Um, and like, I always refer to this cause it was, it was an extremely eye-opening interview. The one that double did after, I think it was 2017 worlds, maybe 2016 worlds on players tribune where he talked about just like how stressed they were and how much pressure they were under and how no one was acting like themselves, even like outside the games and stuff. And like, mm -hmm. You know, I think um, I can imagine for the Korean infrastructure, the fans, the expectations that they had after being dominant for so long, like all that weighing on them, um, right? And, and, and getting to getting to players when they when things do start going badly. I mean, I agree. LCS is very similar to LCK, um, <laughs> right there with you, Mark. Those yeah, on, on, on the mental comments. booming, that's that's the thing we copy from Korea the best for sure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what do you think of all this, uh, caller? Yeah, uh, like, 
I was really impressed when I saw LS and Mark's predictions. Well, of course, uh, Genji is a great org and a great team. But for example, I am a huge fan of LS and like him predicting a three nil. Like I was really shocked that 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 was his take on the game. Like I wanted to ask him really hard why he thought that. G2 wasn't able to win at least one game against Genji. You mean why Genji wasn't able to win a game against G2? No, why Aless predicted Oh, why, 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 why were you so confident in the 3-0? Why didn't yeah, you say yeah, like 3-1 exactly. or something else? Yeah, at least 3-1 or... Uh, so, I, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people... This actually frustrates me a lot um, because, like... This has happened three times now uh, on Reddit, for instance. Like, the casters will tweet that they're done casting, right? And this is going to segue in. Uh, the casters will tweet that they're done casting. It happened in the Captain Flowers thread. It happened in the Medic thread, oh, right? Yeah. Um, where the comments just turn into shitting on me. Um, and one of the most common uh, trends, right, um, is the either things that are completely untrue, uh, which is, like, references that I make, or uh, that I must be biased, right? Um, even though there's uh, demonstrated instances where if I was actually biased, I would I would have gone the other way, right? Uh, friendship with Fnatic, uh, inside information, and yet consistently just going against them um, time and time again. Um, other other instances of like various predictions um, throughout the tournament uh, that would have not made any sense if there was actually bias at play. Um, you know, uh, predicting a Korean team to lose to a Chinese team, whatever um, that ended up happening, etc. The G2 Gen G thing, um, everything that Gen G showed this year was very different from all the Korean teams in LCK. And I live viewed and co streamed uh, LEC and LCS. And Gen G were always the team that dealt with the like crazy lck teams uh that would like just try to do like random stuff flip coins etc they dealt with it the best except for everyone but dom one because dom one just rolled everyone um and so i thought genji um because of the way that they play overly reserved overly safe um the way that they draft team compositions etc i thought everything just lines up um against g2 really really well um and so i i just imagine that they would probably win uh the first two games and then i'm just thinking to myself like okay if, well if you're winning the first two games in g2 like mental boom or something uh but also like i i come from the stance that three two predictions are really really hard uh i don't understand what goes into them uh even when i try to like do things in my head like how do you ever predict a three two which then only leaves a three zero and a three one um as like remaining predictions um, and so what has to happen in my mind where a team is capable of just winning every game, uh, thematically or stylistically, that somehow they drop a random game, I would have to fault that to draft difference, right? But what kind of a draft difference can occur between G2 and Gen G, where I would then somehow believe that fundamentally the way that Gen G plays the game somehow loses in draft and then blunders the game away? And I couldn't think of a draft scenario like that that would end up happening. Um, and so that that's the that's the the three zero. Although I'm I'm very known for just two zero and three zero predictions, like all throughout LCK and other stuff. However, my post draft prediction rate, which is a separate thing, I kept in spring. I kept it last year's Worlds. 
I was doing a bit this year as well. Um, my post-draft prediction rates are very different from my uh, pre-draft for whatever that's worth. All right, sorry for another yeah. one response. Nope, but, yeah. nope. I love it. The more you talk, okay. the less I have to. I mean, it was, uh, it okay. was great because I think Twitch chat at the beginning was like, he's dodging the question. And then you, yeah. you give this long, elaborate, incredibly well, extensive you, answer. There's no gray area. And you even addressed at the beginning, you're like, this will fold in Twitch chat. And Twitch chat gets halfway through, their eyes glaze over, and their Zoomer energy kicks in. And they're like, he hasn't answered it in 15 seconds. My TikTok time is up. <laughs> but he gave uh, the answer that like I was looking for. So I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll say, too, is I don't know how it is you know, with, with you and Atlas and people in Korea, but in, in LCS, we always meme the shit out of people who give the 3-1 prediction as just being too scared to call the 3-0. Yes, but 3-1, yes. yeah, 3-1 is the safe prediction where you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure this team's going to win, but I don't want to say 3-0 because that sounds hella dominant. So I'll say 3-1, but I won't say 3-2 because then that sounds too close. And so like 3-1 is, is just the coward, the coward answer a, a lot of the time. <laughs> I think this is really hard to get across in like these prediction things. I don't think three zero needs to actually be dominant. Does that? Um, I think you can predict three zero, but actually think the games will be close. But someone will just edge it out. Um, and I, I think that maybe I think this way because like the StarCraft era, like there was lots of matches that were close, but someone was still just going to win two zero. I mean, even even the spring or excuse me, the LEC Summer Finals was a three zero for G two, but like. I think there was it. Was there two times or one time that like Fnatic was knocking on their door and like almost took the killed killed their nexus? I think, you know, like it, they they can be pretty close three O's, which I think this the summer finals was. It's true. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have really close three O's. Just to reiterate Thanks, what we're all saying. Okay, Mark. Yeah, just like that Damwon DRX. That was a really close three O. It was so close. Or like you see, you saw game one of or <laughs> G two and and Gen G. It was really close at the beginning. Yeah. It's it's true. Actually, LS. While we're on the topic, the damn one game. What what was your? Oh, what was it like for you? Because I think so many people came around from that came came away from that being like, wow, that was the most boring series I've watched at Worlds in a long time. But I'm curious, did you did you enjoy it? Do you think like people were too down on it? Uh, I mean, I, I, I think it was pretty, it was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. With that. I think, I think it was pretty bad. You, I was going um, to you because I was hoping that you'd be like, actually, it was actually if you just if you just looked at the way these two teams were playing, you know, maybe it was a little boring, but it, it made me feel all the more worse for Chovy. Um, at like the conclusion of the series because it just feels like this player is just doomed to being surrounded by things that feel very beyond his control. Um, and relative to his level, of, relative to his level of play and the fact that he keeps making worlds is definitely, <clears throat> definitely feels really bad. Uh, it reminds me of Keen, uh, when Keen was trying to solo carry the corpse of Afrika, um, <laughs> all the time. Uh, but yeah, it just feels a lot worse for Trovi. Yeah. Well, hey, caller. Anything you want to say before we take a quick break, uh, and we as we say goodbye to you? Uh, okay, thanks you for having me, and Mark for reading my comment, and you, Travis, and LS, huge fan of both of you. So, uh, I say 
I send you a, a message all the way from Argentina. So thank you have so a much. great thank night you. and love you guys. Yeah, have a good night. Great caller. Um, okay, so we're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. Uh, I just really appreciate everything that they've done to help support us. Actually, very fun story. Whenever the press conferences were happening, I had this issue, this problem, where I both wanted to stream the press conference and work to make sure I was working with somebody to make sure we got timestamps, but like managing that, managing the Twitch chat, making sure that we were going to be able to get the VOD stuff going. And then I had this problem wherein yeah. I also wanted to tweet out the fun clips from the press conference as they were happening. Cause you know, it's, you know that these are going to be, whenever wonder says, ah, we're not worried. We always beat the LCK teams. You want to get that out on Twitter, but yeah. I couldn't do the, all that while also managing all this. So I used this lovely, m15 notebook over here to cut clips from my own stream and put them up on twitter so i could just be a content machine disseminating content all over the place like crazy even ls and all of his content casting factory mechanician could not keep up with that and my empire my content empire that i had constructed was purely sponsored by alienware uh could not do it without all the amazing gear that they give me i have three monitors here that i'm like running this all from i've got this laptop over here anyway all i'm saying Beautiful. is that, thank you so <laughs> thank you so much to alienware if you would like to be like me and, and who wouldn't really go to alienware.com slash travis and pick up some uh, wonderful alienware hardware uh the new nvidia 3000 series is available in fact in my living room right now i have a new desktop in a box that I will be unboxing on stream as soon as I figure out what my sleep schedule is going to be this week. Uh, and it's got a 3080 in it. So I will now be a proud owner of a 3080. We're going to see, we're going to put that through its uh, run. Yeah, Twitch chat, Twitch chat popping off at that one. You guys might not have liked my story, but at least you guys like the 3080. So anyway, thank you so much to Alienware. Alienware.com slash Travis. Check out uh, Travis10OffQ3 is the discount code. You want to go check out their their computers i think they have some 3000 series um computers for sale literally right now anyway thank you so much to alienware mark you want to grab the next caller yep let me go again uh thank that you was on. That was on. thank you thank yeah. you hey steve subbed four minutes ago thank steve you steve i had to point that out yes well i didn't want to interrupt the caller i did notice it but i it's very nice of him uh 20 pounds of hummus Thank you for 26 months. Kanoke, Rico Suave, Rotator, or AFK. We're going to skip some more. I, I, I can't get to everybody because Mark grabbed the next caller. Dacton. We get some, there's some great names. There's like a, there's, I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while, but there's somebody named Naked Homeless Guy who also. Anyway, Dacton is here. Raging Pianist is definitely one of my favorite. Raging Pianist. Yes. Dacton is here. Dacton, where are you calling from? Hey, uh, I'm calling from Rochester, New York. Hey. Rochester, New York. Hey, Mark uh, was there. You didn't. You don't remember where I went to college, do you? <laughs> it was. It was Rochester, New York, right? Yeah. RIT, yeah. right? Yep. Nice. See, I knew. Anyway, Dacton, what do you want? What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. So I wanted to talk about how uh, I saw your video, Travis, and uh, I don't think NA players are overpaid. I think the salary discussion is uh, interesting, but I 
think it's distracting from some of the bigger problems with NA competing here naturally. Wait, were you on Reddit with like a big full text today? No. Oh, somebody somebody started their their Reddit post with the exact same thing. Anyway, sorry, continue. Oh, Go damn. for it. Uh yeah, so I think uh if you compare the like average NA player salary of like the 400k number to uh players in other regions, I think you could argue that, you know, maybe EU players should be getting paid more. I don't necessarily think that that makes NA players overpaid because I think uh, you have to think about what you're paying for, right? I think in NA... Uh-oh. Uh, this is a dangerous, that's a dangerous sentence. Yes. I already know people are going to uh, freak okay. out about it. We're paying for a, six, we a zero six. We're yeah, yeah. Sorry, for. continue. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think orgs aren't paying for world success. They're paying for NA success. They're paying for fans, right? Puni being paid you know, the 1 million a year or whatever, isn't being paid for him to go out of groups of worlds, I think. I think it's getting paid so that Dig or EG have fans. I mean, right? to be clear, but, they but, should but, not have paid Hootie that amount of money. That... Oh, I agree. I, I think Hootie is overpaid. <laughs> yeah, just to be clear. But, like, that's what they're paying for. I think the expectations are different than uh, the fans' expectations of international performance. I think the domestic performance that they're getting is arguably worth it so uh i i hear i kind of disagree with you i agree with you and i kind of disagree with you so you know not to rehash the whole video but it is true right like okay good example these people come into the youtube comments of that video and they say double lift is making a million dollars to just lose and go zero six. First off it's been really interesting that this million dollar number has been floating around because i don't think i don't know how much he makes some people might not believe that, but I actually don't. I've never talked to him about it. And and we know, for instance, that when he went to TSM, he didn't talk to any other team. So I don't know what his negotiation situation was like, but presumably he was not playing against all these different teams against each other. Um, secondly, like, this guy has won more finals than any other player in the LCS. He's like the most successful LCS player I guess some people would say like, oh, Jensen at, at Worlds or something, but like he's he's got this huge following, et cetera, et cetera. So people who say like <laughs> that he should have retired five years ago and he's overpaid, it's very funny to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, what what is true is like Steve is not paying, like the whole paid by Steve meme, he's not paying a shit ton of money to all the players on his team because he wants to win summer finals. He wants to win summer finals, but like that is not where he's like, okay, cool. We won summer finals. Now we we're not going to get out of groups. But that, I don't care because I only paid for summer finals, right? Like he's he's trying he's trying to bring in players like Corja J, Jensen, etc. Because he wants to take his org to the next level. So I do think that there are expectations around international success. The only thing is like he's not going to if the team doesn't, you know, you I think you will see roster changes for TL this year. He's, he's going to make those probably because he didn't get the results that he wanted. And so it's kind of evidence that like the player, the, the team is not getting paid just to win finals or make it to the top three or whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. All right. We got to tag out a lesson here. Cause I saw him face palming at the start of this take. And I, I I'm, I'm curious to hear what, what, what it was in response to. So, uh, I mean, there's a few, there's a few 
subject on this. Uh, the, one of the initial assertions is that teams uh, are not paying Huni uh, obscene amounts of money in order to win. Uh, they're doing it so that they have fans. Um, this would be able to be argued against just by going on his socials and seeing that there is very little impressions. Um, you know, if you go on his stream and you see stream numbers, if you go on his Twitter, you see the, the analytics uh, of his tweets. Um, if you go places that he goes on to, uh, whether it be YouTube videos or content or something, um, there is not as much gravity there as there is for certain other players. Um, so you would actually assume the opposite is true, um, that they're actually only paying him in order to win. Um, because there, there's an absence of these things that you are asserting should be there um, to justify the expenses. Now, this only really comes into play with certain people. Sneaky would come to mind, uh, Doublelift, Bjergsen, etc. People that can actually make obscene amounts of money uh, by not playing. Uh, they're actually more incentivized to stream on Twitch, have obscene numbers, and then actually renegotiate a Twitch contract in order to get some sort of a special deal and then get their payday and never play. That's why um, Tyler so One want... is not competing on SKT this year. So if you well, so if if you want these type of people to play, then yes, you're probably going to have to pay them higher. But then at what point do you just say, okay, it's not worth it, and you invest in other things um, with that kind of a money in order to get better grassroots? But if that person does really want to play, then they're probably going to take a pay cut. Um, uh, or, or they just they won't demand as high as money. And then obviously I would be able to reference uh, EU players, uh, Kara players. Yeah. Someone, hold on. Yeah. Uh, Here, I, or you can say something, but I can fill yeah, it. Oh no, we're good. Oh, he's back. Okay. Continue. Um, I think uh, I think that people would reference uh, Kr players and EU players. Um, you know, in regards to this, uh, EU players willing to take, uh, you know, massive salary hits in order to play with other players so that they can have greater chances of success. Um, Korean players obviously have been shown to do that, um, you know, and, and things of that nature. Uh, th there's a reason that, you know, certain people view NA as the cash cow, uh, and they only are willing to go to NA for obscene amounts of money um, because there's very little other upside. Um, so, yeah, I, I think NA players are pretty overpaid for what you get. Um, and I think that the infrastructures uh, and, and staffs and stuff are probably, they're not underpaid. Um, I think they're underinvested in, uh, which is then causing a chain effect and a chain reaction uh, to be present within the entire scene. And I think that's really disgusting. Um, so we, we yeah. do have another caller that uh, at least was going to raise that point as well about um, the overpaying, taking away from potentially other resources. So I don't want to go too down, far down that rabbit hole, but I did want to uh, redirect a little to Dacton's point in general about how the discussion around the, the salary situation does take away from, or does it in your mind, take away from the, the other issues plaguing NA? Because there's all the infrastructure ones that are not really solvable by money in terms of paying and player base and those kinds of ones. And then there's coaching staffs and are we using academy correctly or are players approaching the game the right way and like yeah. the, the more in-game game uh, centric ones mm -hmm. there was a great yeah. post on on reddit today that in in the thread about my video that somebody's like the idea that if we just paid all these players less we would <laughs> do better at worlds i think is very, very funny and uh and i do think it's kind of true because that's so somewhat the implication i guess I guess the idea is like, well, they don't deserve that money because they haven't earned it. So maybe not we should pay them less because they'll do better. But and it's just like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to complain about, right? Like, 
it's just strange. Uh, sorry, Daxton, you were going to say something? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to uh, kind of expand on what Mark is saying. Like, I think there are a lot of, like, difficult, long-term, hard-to-fix problems uh, in NA, like the Pagan, you know, things like that. I think that there's a big fixable problem uh, just in the way that we look at uh, long-term growth and, like, young talent. Like, we saw Spica and Tactical at Worlds this year that were able to perform, even if the rest of their teams, especially TSM, unfortunately, even though that they couldn't, right? I think uh, you don't want to go, like, full Mad Lions and have a team full of rookies because I think then they're too, like, under-experienced. I think that there's a, a balance there. I think TL showed that really well, the timing tactical surrounded by somebody like Core JJ. And I think that orgs need to be paying attention to that. And some of the orgs that, even if they know they're not going to win you know, this coming split or this coming year, I think they should be willing to take that hit of, you know, short-term, hey, we're not going to win LCS anyway, let's try and foster some talent so that, you know, next year, two years from now, especially with LCS potentially looking, looking to be more profitable as the years go on, I think that that is the right play, both financially and competitively for these orgs. So, so I want to respond to that really quickly, but I also just want to say something. Uh, Brazil NNA just said in all capital letters, which really is fitting given his name, salary cap necessary for league now that it is franchised. What is preventing that? The law. Secondly, what you were just saying, uh, Dacton, about about that. The only problem, the only issue I have with that take is, for every tactical who suddenly pops off and everything is great, you you get like a poom who's like highly excited, and then you have. Mark Zimmerman tweeting out Poo Gang. What uh, the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to bring that up as often as I possibly can. So, like, that's it, the... I think sometimes there is a, a tendency from community members to just say, like, well, why don't you just get tactical? Uh, why, why, where, why aren't a you just... A better example, because Poom is not... Like, it's his first fucking year. It would be more like a Mike Young, who had a bit of a flash in the pan and then faded and hasn't really been able to maintain that level that we saw. How about, or, how about that as, as a better example of something you're talking about? Or, or a potential example that everyone should be looking at this year is FBI. Because FBI did really, really well, and people were really excited about him. I hope he does really well going forward. However, I am, I've been around long enough to remember Stixay's MSI run in 2016, and I think a lot of people would say he never really hit that, that high note again after that. So... I don't know. I, it's it's sometimes tough. Uh, I know LS has a lot of opinions about where about how NA should handle scouting and development of players. And I, and I, I if you want to throw a little bit of that out here, LS, I I'm down. Um, um, but it's not always as easy as just find tactical. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, uh, I, I I think that's that that's such a it's such a long winded uh, topic. Maybe that. that for like some another sure, kind yeah. of conversation yeah i gotcha it would be very long but there's more to be done i guess is the that can be done i guess is, is the way yeah. we can leave it at so dacton uh no i i appreciate your call i i generally agree with you and mm-hmm. i i'm happy that we're having this level of conversation rather than just like lol 400k very frustrating mm-hmm. yeah i anyway. agree i i agree with a lot of the points that you made in that video travis i I think that people are looking at the wrong things when they're talking about the NA 400k lol thing. So, yeah. Uh, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, shouts to Alienware. Thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good one. Yep. 
You too. See ya. All right. On to the next caller. So many people being so generous uh, with subs. Ari Waddle. Yeah. My top gifters is in chat, and she's having a field day on your channel, Travis. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, is this T1 Fangirl? <laughs> yes. T1 Fangirl. Hello. Welcome to Travis Gafford's Twitch channel. I just want to say, Alice, <laughs> not always streaming. And uh, <laughs> you might need to find other streams during the time in which he is not streaming. I'd like to personally welcome you to this stream. Uh, I hope you enjoy your stay. And while you are here, feel free to hit the follow button and uh, perhaps return if you ever feel like it. Blue Jay is here. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Calling from Sarnia, Ontario. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about Licorice Destination. Uh, is it possible to give chat like five to ten seconds to guess where they think Licorice is going to land? And then I could say my take, or is that no fun? I mean, they're just going to all start spamming it anyway. So okay, go, good. go ahead. Continue. Damn, let's go, guys. Okay, um, so the my take is the most likely destination for Licorice this offseason will be Team Liquid, with many other possible teams that we can discuss. Why? Uh, so, okay. So a few reasons, of course. But one, TL has shown in the past that they have deep pockets. Uh, I so say, that's about a million reasons right there, that's, at least. Th that's one. Uh, another one is that I think, and, and for the record, I have even said on this show before that I think uh, Impact should play tanks if he's really good at tanks, but I think that we're just seeing more and more year over year that that's not enough and that you do need a little bit of diversity in your champion pool and you need to be able to play aggressive if you want to have success at Worlds. So that's another one. Um, and then I think there, there's also some discussion that should be had where I, I don't know, I want your guys' take on this about how much players have a say as to where they're going to go. Because sometimes players, it looks like they get to kind of choose, and sometimes they don't, but I don't really know much about that. Hmm. <laughs> that last one is very... Mark, I'm going to let you answer that one. Do players <laughs> have the ability to say where they're going? Well, you mean like uh, when they are already under contract yes. for a team? Yes. yes. Yeah, because he's got two years on his contract, if I'm not mistaken. I think two years. Well, I mean, I, some players have. Some players right. do. Like I think uh, Double If going to TSM was was an example of someone having some say over where they went. Uh, it it does happen. I think it would be a case by case or even an org by org basis. Okay. So Mark, uh, do you true. think <laughs> uh, Mark? I just I'm asking you. Do you think Licorice will have utmost say in where he ends up going? Um, you know we'll have to see. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> Um, Jack's a great guy. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I okay. On... I, oh, go ahead. I what I will. I what I will say. I'll go a little bit step further than than Mark. I would guess that um, Cloud Nine will be looking at a range of offers for Licorice. I I am guessing that they are more likely to pick on the higher range. And if there are a couple that are in the high range, my prediction would be like Licorice might then get to have some say over that. Uh, a lot of people also might not imagine a world like, well, I guess Cloud9's not making any other changes. Uh, but sometimes the way these things go is like it is a trade, right? So mm -hmm. that that a lot of people don't think about that. But um, yeah, I don't, I'm guessing that Licorice doesn't get his like pick of the litter. And if Immortals is offering Jack, 
25 grand as a buyout uh, that Lakers can go there if that's what the buyout is. So I would not expect that it's entirely on him. But, you know, some of it, some of it might be. Um, I think it's interesting to talk about where it can go. I do want to talk a little bit about the whole um, I- impact potentially going if he goes to TL thing, because I saw some people were surprised to say, like, oh, Licorice better than impact, whatever. Um, and it dep- I guess you could you could argue who had the better couple past years. I know who I'd vote on. But one thing I'll say is that... Who? I, licorice uh, for sure, man. Come on. Yeah, I would say Licorice easily. But I think one thing Blue Jay said that I totally agree with is like tank, tank, solo solo tank or like solo weak side players are, are not a thing really on the world's level. There's just, there's just not. Like look at the top eight teams at Worlds and how many of those guys are like perma relegated tank or weak side duty. I mean, you have 369, Bwipo, Bin, Zoom, Rascal, Wonder, Naguri, and Doran. And like some of those guys do bite the bullet more often than, than others, like like uh like like Rascal, for instance. But in game two, they took TF Camille and they like played that in Korea sometimes. Like they like they can play strong side. So like that's something I think people just need to get into their head is like it's not acceptable to be a, just a weak side player. I don't find that acceptable at all. Even if it's your team style, like people like no offense to solo i know he can probably play some carries but like the way FlyQuest just put him on perma weak side duty is is not it's not a real way to play the game anymore um so that's one of the upsides for licorice i think for for team liquid is even if even if people are an impact fan that's not that's not how top teams play anymore no one does that for the past couple years even i'd say yeah Um, oh. so uh, that's one reason I guess you could say p- potentially team liquid if they're retooling, um, you know, Santorin's also up on the table. Like you can, you can start piecing that together, potentially a pretty good team. Blue Jay, why? So your reasons were money and also because I assume you think that's where Lakers will want to go. Well, so that's, that's where I wanted to know your guys' opinion, right? Like, how much does he get to choose? Because I think he would be more than happy to go to Team Liquid, a team that has had success in the past. If he doesn't have a say, I think that there's some teams that really need to spend a lot to rebrand themselves. And I think you know where I'm going with this, but CLG needs to really start to spend some money if they want to change their public perception because they don't really have a lot of respect from the league right now. And I think Immortals is kind of in the same situation as CLG. They probably want him as well, but... You know, same I mean, thing. <clears throat> I, I, one of the questions I actually wanted to ask on this topic is, is there any team in recent years that has uh, built up actually a really big following that didn't already previously have it? A uh, hundred thieves, depending on... Um... Right, but they now they dropped the ball on that. Yeah, they fell off hard in the late game. They, they fell off really, really, really hard. So they were they were doing like somewhat okay... But it really just feels like a lot of people right now in chat are saying FlyQuest, but I don't think FlyQuest built up an equivalency of like uh, Cloud9. No, so what, what, what has happened is you have a lot of teams that have become people's second favorite team. So Golden Guardians, yes. FlyQuest, and 100 yes. Thieves, I think, have done a good job of becoming a lot of people's second favorite team. Maybe EG, uh, although they dropped off in summer, so I think they maybe lost that opportunity. Um, so I, mean, I think that's where we're kind of at. You need some sustained. I was about to say sustained success. I yeah. think is, is a big one. I think people respect FlyQuest right now, um, so, and they like they think their initiatives are cute and stuff. But like, 
if this roster boom Santorin leaves and I don't know, things go badly, they can't find good replacements. Like I can't imagine in spring or summer, if they're a sixth place team, people would care, care quite as much. It's a good point. I don't Which by the way, I'm worried know about what certain LCS teams can do. Like uh, someone in chat mentioned FlyQuest's YouTube channel. And this is just the sad reality for like yes. a lot of teams. <laughs> oh no, don't look. No, no, don't look at that. We don't, we don't, nobody, Needs right, to see right. that, LS. Okay, the fish predictions got old really fast, man. Just saying. Right, right. But the, the, the other thing about this, though, is that the, the idea that you can just get, like, big-name players and magically these numbers change is not true. There's very few players that actually will take an entire audience with them. True. And That's very true. they're not getting any of those players. And to right. be fair, this isn't even just, like, a North American thing. Like, who? Right, right. This happens like, in Korea. Uh, G2 Fanatic, Korea. you know? In Korea as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have G2, you have Fnatic, um, and then in Korea, you have like T1, and then you have Gen G, Generation Gaming. Um, and then DRX actually, DRX is interesting, but they had like four star people basically, like to drive the channel, like four, you know, Bjergsen double lift equivalency people. I'd kill for on four one Bjergsen double lift team people in and, the whole and LCS. Everywhere he was in the main news and you know everything and yada yada yada. Uh, they made you know finals. They made deep dominating runs. Like of course this team is going to blow up. But also they have so many Chinese fans. This isn't just Korea because Deft has so many Chinese fans. Chovy has so many Chinese fans. Um, and so this is very unique, uh, which I think further drives the notion that these salaries that certain players are getting is even more ridiculous. Uh, so we're going back to couple of questions ago now um but i don't know what league of legends can do to fix this 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 is actually hard this is where is the solution even getting like content creators um or or something uh in order to drive more attention to your org uh, because i know that, that was becoming like a, a dead concept right I think uh, it's come and gone. Like, uh, 100 Thieves got Yasuo and Valkyrie, and I think Genji picked up a couple North American streamers and stuff. Um, so I think people still experiment with that. I think there's always been a bit of an integration issue between the esports side and, and these content creators that no one's really cracked quite yet. I mean, Tyler One literally just got picked up, too. So I, Tyler it's... One just got picked up by T1. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a question that for you. That would have been an amazing signing. I have a question uh, for you. Guys. For... Anyone in NA, yeah. If one of these orgs just said yeah. fuck it and they picked up like Darshan, Fox, baby, Medios, Froggen, Sneaky, and Aphromu, who are all players that could be potentially obtained in the offseason, would do you guys think that that team would get a lot of fans? No. I think they would be like your like you were talking about, how there's a lot of second favorite teams. I think they would that would fall under a second favorite team, you know? I'd be it's like, just, if they're playing and my team isn't playing, I'll watch them and cheer for them, but otherwise, not really. Isn't it just Delta Fox with less personality and actually playing in a competitive league instead of the academy scene? Isn't that just what that is? Yes. I, I would say so. But without Cutie Pie. Well, if you, I, I, to be clear, like if you asked any of those players, I think they would be deeply offended that you were saying that because all of them <laughs> will tell you. <laughs> that they want to be top competitors and plan on it, right? Uh, I, I, Delta Fox would have said the same thing. How dare you? Uh, I think Cutie would have said that in the same way he says, I love Riot Games, I love what they've done with this patch, I love this new champion, right? Like, I agree he would have said that, the tone would have been significantly different when he did. Fair. So, 
Um, anyway, we've gotten a little off topic. Oh man, there was something really good that I was gonna well, say with I, this. I, I I wanted to to comment on on like because I I know this is a notion, and I'm not trying to because it it, it sounds like the the caller and maybe some people in chat actually believe like this would be a legitimate thing, right? You get Medios, you get Aframu, uh, you get you know names like this. Does it somehow make a team? But then you go on Twitch metrics. And you see yeah. the engagement. Medios is no longer a 10,000 viewer streamer. Uh, Medios is averaging 478 viewers. Um, Aframu is averaging 1,500 viewers. Uh, these are no longer 10,000k viewer monsters anymore. And they Just haven't been for early. a really long time. So I feel like there's some sort of... Um, what, what is the term? Where like people remember how they used to be, but it's like oh, not that Hindsight or whatever. Yeah, rose-tinted rose glasses. So, so, something like that and you know it, it's 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 really sad that like this is how it is now but people do put forth these ideas like oh if we had these really big names and it's like they're actually not big names anymore they just have big numbers when you go to their twitter no it's super um, or true you go to their twitch page but those are not active users anymore um you know uh this actually happens in starcraft there's a lot of very big starcraft people that their pages are massive, but the engagement is not there. No, I think about this a lot, and I think it's it's so good that you're saying it, because I it's difficult, I think, for some... All these folks have tons of fans, right? So whenever you say... I mean, I'm to the point that I'm already... Like, sorry, they, they have very concentrated groups of fans. And so when you say X player does not actually... is not very popular anymore people get really upset from that group and they get angry and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. But like, it's completely true. You can look at some of the, the content that features these players or you can look at the streams that they do or whatever. And yeah. And name recognition and power are not necessarily the same thing. Like yes. LS could show up on Hotline League and we get 1.5 K extra viewers. All right, come, come, don't, we don't need to... I'm just saying that, like, that's power versus, like, name recognition. I think there's a lot of people who have name recognition, but, like, wouldn't necessarily draw quite as many actual eyeballs themselves. Yeah. Let's be clear here. I should not be more popular than most of the LCS pros. I don't think I'm very popular. I You're am hard to you like. Are, you are more known, and I think you do have more social media presence than them. So technically... By a lot of people's logic, you should actually be entitled to more money. <laughs> in a weird way, like, what is going on? I need get to go some, have a. Get, I need to go have a Travis long, hard K. conversation with Alienware. I would be like, listen. 100k, Travis. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, this is really depressing. I'm just thinking about this anyway. So let's. <laughs> Hey guys, what are we uh, even talking if, about anymore? Yeah, this call if, is fucking degraded. If, if anybody's got any Twitch primes, uh, feel free to drop them on the channel. Oh, there we go. T1 Fangirl gifted a sub to LS. Fantastic. We're, we're on path to 400k. Please, let's get this going. Oh. Blue Jay, I don't, there's a lot we could talk about with what you're saying, but we're not going yeah. to. Uh, I. The only thing I will say is I don't think that um, Licorice ends up at. Uh, TL? TL. Because I think they're... I think if you... I think there's a, just a good chance that with Impact going... 
What what's their okay, so Core is not is Core gonna be a resident yet? He's been here for a bit. You don't need Alright, <clears throat> if I'm TL and I'm throwing the bank at Licorice and Santorin, who's a resident, you have tactical and then you have the two two import slots. Yeah. And maybe you get Jensen again so or whatever. You have, you have to keep Jensen. Why do you so, have to keep Jensen? Well, in, I mean, in your scenario, you're talking split. because otherwise, maybe you have to go import. Okay, Mark's a fucking Jensen hater. Clip what? it. No, I just meant the way he <laughs> said it. Made me, well, it made I guess me think that there was something I was missing. Guess, guess Mark lands on the Bjergsen greatest of all time mid laner <laughs> side. Uh, that's what we're learning. I just thought there was some like some like his contract. I thought you no, said no, his no. Contract I meant, I meant. A lot of people are just assuming Jensen will stay on TL. Right. I think I think there's a good chance that he does, but I, yeah, I same. people need to remember that his contract is up. So, and he's been there for a while. So if things start to go sideways with that, or he can't get the players he wants to play with on that team, I feel like there's a chance he could end up someplace else. True. Um, Blue Jay. Steve's in chat and goes, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Steve will get any mid laner he wants. Uh, Blue Jay, anything you, <laughs> anything you want to say? Yeah. By the way, oh, actually, that's a really good point, oh, Steve. God. You just heard what was said. <laughs> Compare my popularity and following to With some tactical. of the players in the LCS. <laughs> you should probably just sign Travis for eighty carry. Never mind tactical. He's got a yeah, better put him in there. social media following. Let's hey, go. How many Twitch clips you'd farm with Travis laning against double lift in the LCS? <laughs> Okay, viewership would actually pop off if Travis was actually the AD carry for Team Liquid. That would be hilarious. I think I think I don't meet the qualifications. I was about to say there's a a D three minimum to be. A we sub. we have to we have to pay for boosting on my account. That's the only thing, Steve. We're gonna that have to work that into the contract. We'll negotiate that out of your your rate. You will pay for your own boosting. Okay. Then... Yeah. Blue Jay, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, th this call was definitely like I always have fun on this show, but this was a lot of fun. This call, so I, I appreciate having, being on the show, and uh, also a little shout out to LS, I guess, for um, being on like no sleep and coming on the show. I think that's pretty sweet. So hats off. And, Let's uh, be clear, Mark and I haven't gotten very much sleep, but LS yeah. has gotten less. So I mean, this guy's literally going to the hospital in like an hour, and he's like, "Yeah, I got time." <laughs> Blue Jay, thanks for the call. <laughs> All right, see you guys. See it. All right, off Mark goes. Thank you to T1 Fangirl for gifting subs. Yasuke, Zimrox, Doc Solid, I'm Elvis4, Not Swan, Thermodynamics, C9 Fudge subscribed. Thank you, Fudge. What? Uh, Dacton, Dale Gribble. Oh, by the way, did did Fudge call you out? What happened? I, I saw Cloud9 had to officially apologize to you, LS. <clears throat> I don't know what happened. Yeah, nothing happened. Don't worry about that. Okay, we don't need to talk <laughs> about it. Okay. <laughs> Easy stay safe. Thank you for the one year. Uh, Clyde, Nike Ops, gifted subs. Okay, anyway, sorry. I'm trying to get to everybody's subs, but there's so many tonight. It's a nice problem to have. Di Diarium, is that how you say your name? Um, It's Diarium. Okay. That, I'm going to try it one yeah, more time. Yeah, Diarium. Yeah, yeah. Where, where are you yeah, calling from? I'm calling from Long Island, New York. Long Island, New York. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I just wanted to direct this take towards LS. It's regarding the LCK teams at Worlds. So due to the uh, format of LCK and their playoffs, LCK teams often have much, much less experience in BO5s and other regions. And I just like like to back this up with the fact that Damwon literally paid 
two BO5s before Worlds, and DRX only played, I think they only played two as well, maybe three, and compare that to G2, who's played eight over the course of this year. That's a huge difference, and that might that might affect the the level of tilt that sometimes LCK teams get into because they simply don't have as much experience. Um, I mean, you're, uh, you're specifically saying LCK teams don't have as much experience in best of fives, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I assume uh, about the, the playoff format uh, being the, the key point of the criticism. Being best of threes, yeah. No, it's it's the it's like gauntlet. They they do gauntlet for like the the number one yeah. team is auto seeded into finals. Yeah, number one teams auto seeded into finals, and then there's wild card slot, which is a best of three in the playoffs, and there's only two actual playoff matches. It's very weird. Yeah, um, LCK is very strange in that regard. Uh, I don't think the best of five thing affects people. The uh, that's one of the narratives that I can't totally get behind is like best of five difference compared to best of three um i think if you're if you're if you're down i mean i guess being down in a best of five zero two probably feels worse than being down one game in a best of three um but i think that no matter what korean teams sort of implode anyway when things just don't go what they anticipated as such um yeah, it could I mean it could definitely help G two um, more at fifth game maybe for sure. Uh, but I, I think ultimately we re- we reach these conclusions, especially uh, by assessing what is the mindset of these players, ultimately using conjecture, um, which is something I don't like to do. Um, I will say I do hate the Korean format for the playoffs. Uh, Agree. I just wish there were more more games for from a viewer perspective. And I, I can agree about, like, I feel like this happens a little bit in NA, too, and Europe about, like, oh, we play best of ones. How can we be good at other things if we play best of ones? And it's something that's never really tracked with me. Like, Europe's doing the best they've ever done, and they're back to best of ones. The best of threes didn't help NA at all internationally. You know, like... What needs to improve is your your actual practice because that's like where ninety percent of your games play usually. And so, like, I don't think for LCK because they don't play as many on stage best of fives that they're somehow mm-hmm. less equipped necessarily. I do think that you can maybe there is a bit of a psychological factor to 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 LS's point. Um, it is conjecture, but like maybe you're not used to playing elimination matches quite as much when pressure is higher. Uh, and but I would still think that pressure is pretty high in the best of threes that uh, during the regular season, you know, no one wants to lose. So like, yeah, I, I doubt it would be that significant of, of a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the stream died. Such a no, stream died for me. Uh, I, it looks like it's still active. Jack showed up in Twitch so. chat, so uh, I think people probably, are a little distracted. But Jack cursed it. Darium. Jack he showed up and he's unsubbed. So <laughs> true. You know, any gifters? Darium, <laughs> uh, is there? What do you What do you think of this? I mean, it seems like people like, there's kind of an agreement that like maybe the format for playoffs isn't that great, but I'm not sure how much it's holding back LCK. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I definitely don't think it's the biggest contributor, but I was just wondering if like. 
maybe lack of BO5 experience could have it uh, have an impact, but it seems like the BO3 aspect makes sense. They still play a lot of pressure stage games compared to other regions, so it might not just be that. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess it's tough to say for sure, um, but we'll have to sort of see. Actually, this week, maybe that, maybe this week, we'll be able to know for sure what the superior playoff format is. Is there? It's kind of a quick call, but it seems like we were able to kind of wrap that up pretty quickly. Is there anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Um, I just like to one person I'd like to shout out is Yamato Cannon. He's been doing a lot of reviews of every single day of Worlds, and they've been very in-depth, and he's analyzed a lot, and they've been, and I don't think they've been getting the recognition that they should be getting on Reddit and stuff. And another person I'd like to shout out um, is Cromchat. He's been a great guest on the co-streams lately, and I think he's really been carrying them a lot. Ellis went eyes wide, head shake at that. Couldn't couldn't agree more. (laughs) Thank you, thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right. (laughs) Quick break to shout out our second sponsor of the evening, which is Draft Buff. So I am now going to find out how well I did in my Draft Buff games. Draft Buff is a completely free service slash app that you can download right now. Uh, exclamation mark draft buff in the chat, I believe, should give you the link. Let's see if it does. Uh, they, yep, there it is. Uh, so you can click the link. I did, uh, I did about average, uh, but it's completely free. You can play, you can draft teams. I'm actually, I'm curious if they're still doing uh, draft royales for this week, considering, oh, they probably are. There's enough teams playing, I bet. Um, and you can also check out your, your knockout bracket. Hopefully you had a chance to make it. But even if, by the way, you know, worlds is starting to wrap up. Download this because you can play it whenever spring uh, starts in actually just a couple months. I mean, it feels like it's so far away, but before you know it, you're going to be wondering, hey, should I draft Fudge on my team? Should I have him? Should I draft TL Licorice? Should I draft? I'm just going to start saying all sorts of random. Should I, should I draft 100 Thieves Jensen? Uh, should I dra- None of these are founded in any- anyway. Um, it's going to be really excited to to play not only for this world stuff, but as as soon as we start to see these different players uh, end up on these different teams, there's a whole new season of draft buff to play. So completely free to play, play with your friends or play in bigger groups. Uh, we run a Travis Gafford group that you can play with a bunch of other Hotline League and Travis Gafford folks. Uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people play in these. So uh, you can do that, or you can play something smaller with your friends. But again, just download the app, uh, and you can use that link to do so and check it out. And use Travis Gafford as the referral code when you sign up. It'll uh, get you some cosmetic gems in the game, I believe, I want to say. Uh, let's see. Anyway, yes, yeah, C9 Chovy says C9 Fudge. You can get C9 Chovy for your team. That'll be really exciting. Uh, TSM Yamato uh, is the coach. I think that'll... Anyway, thanks so much to Draft <laughs> for sponsoring sure. the show. Chovy's Ch- uh, interesting. Oh, oh yeah? that was an ad. I'm sorry. That was an that was an ad. Yes. That's um, okay. Tell me, tell me why Chovy's interesting. Is, is he someone who would who would actually consider well, going to I, North yeah, America? Yeah, I, I think if if you have Chovy in uh, if you have Chovy, so okay, there's two there's two parts to this. Number one, if Chovy goes to NA, he kills his own career. 
However, <laughs> the flip side is that that's one of the people that I think uh, justifies the exorbitant amount of monies. Um, because I think that if Toby, if Toby streams from NA, uh, he's probably very, very high viewership. Because everyone just knows who Toby is. Um, yeah. That's interesting to people. Uh, and then all that he has to do is like either have a translator on stream or like start speaking like a little bit of English. And I think that a lot of people um, perceive Chovy as like one of the gods of Korea right now, um, but then like worldwide. So I, I think that his retention of viewership probably would be very high. Yeah. IMT Chovy is going to be sick. Can't wait. Can't wait for CLG Chovy. Anyway, Mark, you want to go grab our next caller? Already left. Jesus. Off he goes. I think Tyler yeah. one was in the chat earlier. Uh, it I, it showed me that he was around. I didn't oh, see him say anything. But... Yeah, it's it's honestly that guy. <laughs> There's Jesus. a ton of, ton of people in the chat. Yeah, hard stuck one three three seven. Somebody... I mean, honestly, T one letting him in. They just let anyone in nowadays. It's it's Jeez. true. I mean, the name is perfect. Yeah, it works out so well. It felt like it was destined. Rotate yeah. or AFK is here. Rotate or AFK. Where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Santa Monica, California. Santa hey. Monica, yeah, <laughs> far, far, far away. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my point is, EU as a region is not good. The only reason that the region is so successful is because of Cavs and Cavs alone. You single-handedly increase the value of the entire region by carrying teams that aren't any better than NA players. And I know I'm going to get Omega laws for this. I know LS is like <laughs> he's I, out I know... of here. <laughs> 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 well, show's over. It looks like. <laughs> I just want to officially go on the record and say that the views expressed by our callers do not represent the views of the host or the sponsors or the show and are exclusively the views of the callers. And please do not dislike this video or downvote it on Reddit. Um, based off of this I thought I was going to an eye hospital later, not a fucking mental ward. Okay. So, rotate. Uh you you said it's exclusively because of caps. I, I say I say it's mostly because of what he's brought to the EU scene. And uh, to like further go on that, it's I, I think like if you look at the last three years or including this year, caps has been the one that has brought EU to the finals for with Fnatic with G two, and now they're I I think have a pretty good chance of going to the finals after throwing Gen G, right? Yeah, and, you know, and they won their, their their only MSI with him as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, from what I've noticed, is uh, one of the biggest talking points in NA has always been like getting better practice. You know, through either hyping solo queue being like a big issue, and then also just having better talent in NA that makes all the pro players become better. You know, and from what mm -hmm. I have seen, I, I think that Caps himself brings up the level of pro play in EU, and he allows other mid laners like you know uh like like nemesis to come in and be able to uh i sorry how would you say it? like um they they get better based off of playing against he elevates their players you know yeah iron sharpens iron or whatever they say yeah yeah exactly so here's a here's a question for i'm gonna start with mark because i don't i need ls to his blood pressure needs to lower um so, Mark, what does LCK or LEC look like without caps? Okay, like 
obviously there's an element to this call that is going way too far and it's hilarious to say but i, I you know i think even the caller knows he's somewhat tongue-in-cheek where he's saying it's a bunch of na players without caps like yeah <laughs> my let's give you let's give you a little bit of respect <laughs> they're the better region uh, even without caps if, if caps somehow never existed and you wipe them off the face of the earth you know like g2 still made um semis that year um they made two semi teams in 2015 like it's just h2k made semis you know like they have a number of teams that are um, really good and w- would make semifinals and they would keep making semifinals. I think you can make the argument potentially that without caps, they might not have ever broken into finals at worlds, winning MSI and these kinds of things. I think you have to give G2 as an org credit for amassing so much talent as well. Wonder deserves a ton of credit. I think he's, he's often the most overlooked player on that team. Uh, there's so much talk about Yankos and, and Caps and Perks. I mean, it's a super team, so there's a lot of talk about everyone. Um, but, you know, he, he's been incredible. That, that 2018 run, he was such a force with Perks as well. They're, both their soul laners were so good. Um, but I, I think you could, you could somewhat make the case that if Caps somehow never existed, would this string of, I think it's three now, or four? This is uh, this is the third finals. If they make it to finals this year, this would be the third finals appearance. It'd be the third Worlds for him, but it would be the fourth international finals. Oh, yeah, including MSI. MSI, yeah. Yeah, so like, I, I don't think that run happens in a capsulist world. And I think you can say that um, EU is a bit of a maybe top-heavy region. It, it's a little hard to say because, like I said, the, their teams have had historic success outside, like HTK and, and some of this, um, you know, with Fnatic pre-caps and, and G2 pre... I guess Perks was, was there. No. I'm thinking of Origin, aren't I? Sorry, I'm thinking of Origin in 2015. I, I always say G2, but whatever. Either way, my point is like there's been enough that I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like EU is a shallow region by any means, but their 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 top teams do seem to be a little bit better. Um, and this year is is potentially. It's not. Like, it's it's. I don't want to put too much on Mad and and Rogue's performance um, being reflective of the entire region or anything, or especially the history of the entire region. Like they're they're very. Where's deep that Raz picture of the? Very buff dude that's like only buff in the shoulders and and then has nothing, no muscle down. Below. I'm just saying, Fnatic and G2 have won basically every finals of, of all time ever in EU. Like it's clear that those are the two orgs that are doing the most work for the region. Um, yeah, and and that that's all I'm trying to say. Is, can is we before I throw this to orgs. LS? Can we just postulate the scenario in which no caps would exist, and that's like Cap's dad instead of being the friendliest, nicest person is just a misanthrope that decides he doesn't want a family okay. or kids. Uh, that's the alternate universe where Caps doesn't exist. That's too far down the rabbit hole for me, man. LS, uh, what is what is your take on this? How different does LEC look without Caps? Um, well, there's there's a lot of things that I want to say on this uh, in in regard to Caps because I, I think that um, there there's there's some weird stuff going on here. Um, in 2013, when Bjergsen doesn't go to North America. Um, you can make the same exact argument about North American mm. players. Um, so Bjergsen doesn't exist. Uh, how about Jensen? Um, how about so many other European players that I can continue to list uh, that elevated the uh, the solo queue? How about all the Korean players uh, that went to North America um, and helped probably elevate things? How about LMQ? Um, how about the fact that EU still gets their players imported over to NA? How about the fact that when NA players go over to EU, they struggle a lot more on the ladder? Uh, how about the fact that EU has all the uh, the secondary league teams that are noticeably better, just from an eyes test, uh, than bottom standing like LCS teams and probably academy teams? 
Um, you, you can you can just run this all the time. Like it, it has well, nothing to do with caps. I mean, you literally actually took the first iteration of caps and brought him to North America. Um, and ruined and him. He's still <laughs> he's still one of the best players in in, in the entire region. So, like, well, rotate. You were saying, to, just to be clear, I don't think you were saying that they would be as bad as North America, you were just saying they might not be as good as, as they are now, right? Like, they wouldn't have been able to make it to no, finals. he's, he's saying that like. EU is way better than NA, as I'm understanding what else's point is here. That yeah, yeah, but I'm saying rotate. He's saying what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, okay. So rotate and LS are in agreement. No, uh, wait, sorry. Ask, uh, rotate, you're, you still think that in a world without caps, yeah, NA caps sucks in comparison to EU, right? NA sucks in comparison? In comparison to EU, yes. Yeah, I would say objectively now, yeah, yes. But but my my point was is like if you like like you were talking about earlier with G two and Fnatic, right, being the two teams that have kind of carried EU for such a long time. If you're looking at the rest of the organizations, like okay. Matt, you know, like for example, this year with Mad Lions and Rogue, like it just seemed like uh, it, it seemed like without those key players. That were on like like, or ex like example with just caps like if you're looking at him and you're looking at like the uh gen g series you know like i i don't think that they could have performed as well without him just completely stomping gen g like there was a few fights where there was like like serious mistakes made where i uh there's two i think it was game two where two g2 members were caught out right and then cabs came in and uh triple killed on his own you know, and it, it, like watching that level of play, or or watching him just be able to like walk through his. I don't I, know. I'm going to give us two more minutes on this because I I know LS has a, yeah, an appointment, I, so we so, need to start wrapping up. But yeah, um, I, I think uh, the the really weird thing here is like NA's best teams, uh, pretty much ever, have always had imports uh, directly associated with them. So I think it's a it's a really weird uh, topic for me to hear one individual player singled out, even though even without that individual player, Europe still has more success. Just overall. And the entire region is just considered better. Uh, the last time the NA won Rift Rivals was, like, when? 2017? And then they've been ass-blasted every year. Uh, so, so, we would have won this year. You know? So, we, we didn't get to have it, so it's... Yeah, so that's, we, that's, it just, it's Europe pretty got off easy when TL was fucking ninth place team. They got off easy. Well, that's um, when Cloud9 was good. Oh, I guess that's true. Uh, I, I will say, so I'm totally in agreement with LS about, like, the EU being the deeper region. They've played better. H2K, Origin, all these players. Going back even to 2013 uh, and, like, these kinds of things. You know, when it was Xpeke and Alex Ish and stuff. And Reggie, where, like, we weren't hitting the same levels. You know, you can go back through the entire history of League. EU's always basically been better. Do you... I, 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 sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, like, so ultimately the take is that EU wouldn't be as successful without Caps, but... Um... I think that, that that's uh, just untrue, right? Because EU has had success in other teams that were not caps against NA historically. Um, and EU still just has more players imported. The region is more competitive. The region has better players, et cetera, right? The notion that without caps, EU and NA are somehow equal is just demonstrably untrue uh, because NA is still looking for imports and looking for things to carry its corpse uh, <laughs> to international play, and they still can't. Rotate. So, oh, Mark, say it really quickly, and then we go. No, I wanted to, to ask about. The, so, like, big agree on all the points about the NA component, but I wonder what LS was thinking about. Like, let's say caps never existed. Are are there still multiple runs of EU teams making finals at international competition, or is that the caps factor, or is there no caps factor in, in your mind? 
Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a caps factor uh, in this. I think caps is phenomenal um, as a player, and he's definitely one of the best players in the world. But I don't think that's just a caps factor. Just to ask a quick question. So, if yeah. if Nemesis was in that Gen G series instead of Caps, you think it would have been the same result? Um, uh, no, probably not. But what I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the point of that question. Well, well that's that, that's why. We're, yeah, well, it's tough because like, would they about? have done the well, same without Perk? Like, you can start doing that to a bunch of different teams. Is I think the issue, and so that yeah, doesn't necessarily. You, you can start doing that to, to tons of different teams. I, I don't know why you single out Nemesis simply because of my friendship to him. But no, I, I no, 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 no. I I was I was just saying that because they're both midlanders. No, so you're saying that because you're harping on the Reddit drama, and it's just gross, man. I, I, well, I okay, okay, let's let's uh. Let's just move on to the the next caller. Rotate. Is there anything you want to say before we switch to our next caller? Uh, no. Uh, well, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I've watched all you guys for like a really long time. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks. All right. We've got two more callers. Right. Mark, I'm hoping that one of them is Cloud Nine related. Was Blue Jays not Cloud Nine related? Uh oh. Okay. Well, anyway, let's move on. Okay, so thank oh, you to. Sorry, I, I lost uh, patient. Uh, that, you know what I mean? Like uh, everyone's messaging me about Nemesis, and it's like, holy shit, we're not dating. Like it, it just gets really annoying. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've. It's tough whenever Anyone the community. Chosen, right, but he's the easy target, and that just bothers me. Yeah, it's it's um, tough whenever some, the community's yeah. on something, so it, it makes it easy to feel like you, you're getting it from a lot of different angles. I get it. Uh, dilapidated peanut. Where are you calling from? Orlando, Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Uh, where, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, so my take was that player salaries are too high and that money could be better spent in other areas in the league. Specifically, lack of equity does not mean they're entitled to salary. So you're cutting in and out a little bit. What was that last bit? Sorry. Uh, the lack of equity doesn't mean that they're entitled to bloated. Um. Sure. So, uh, I know it sounds like this was the infrastructure call that Mark was referencing earlier. It sounds like you think that that your your argument is like oh, that money should be spent on other team, like other infrastructure, like uh, coaches and analysts and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm trying to decide which part of this I want to I want to take because I I really oh. like the the topic around um the investing into infrastructure and all that stuff but i don't think that like whenever you i see tsm building a 50 million dollar training facility <laughs> uh it is difficult for me to feel like well maybe the average player on tsm shouldn't have 400k right like they're doing that based off of the success that bjergsen and players like him on that org have have brought so I, I feel like saying like, hey, we shouldn't be paying these players for what they've done to build out these orgs is a little a little weird. You know. Um Yes and no for what? me because like uh I agree like so i think the training facility stuff is, has become like a huge huge meme about like how extreme like it's like an arms race almost in in this way for some of these teams yeah, like it's part of the reason i like highlighting it in these moments 
It was in, yeah. it was featured heavily in my video, Mark. I know you didn't watch it, but that's part of the yeah. Okay, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just fine. like it was something I talked about uh, last year as well a little bit. Like you don't like what if you just took a little bit and like stopped hiring a personal chef, and instead you fucking paid for a larger scouting department. You know, is that a better allocation of resources? I I would think so. Uh, um, you know, uh, but that's another question separate from how much the players make. But I do think it's still f- fair to say that, like, NA teams, as we know it, I don't know if you talked about this in your video, are still all losing money, right? Yes, yeah. I did talk about that, yeah. Right, so, like, it's not a stable equilibrium of of money coming in from sponsors, generating revenue, paying it out. Like, it's it's still runoff VC funding, and at some point that buck's going to stop. So, yes, they are still overpaid in some regards, where you're in this like, I'm a new team. I have to pay a lot to make people want to watch me. Now I'm paying and like driving salaries up. And at some point they got to, they got to stop doing that. Yeah. I, it's one of the, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's one of the scary things where like viewership continues to go up, uh, pretty much all around. And yet, um, viewership elsewhere is not going up the way that it used to in years, uh, years past, basically like, Many years ago, right? Uh, various LCS players could just like turn on their streams. Um, teams could make content, and viewership would sort of like bang. Um, and nowadays, it doesn't feel like that happens, even though LCS viewership is up and LEC and everything. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point too. Is like, you know, I was there when Team Docs started for the most part. Like there was TSM Snapdragon and whatever the fuck they were called before, but. Team Liquid Game Cribs. Game Cribs and stuff. But like when Team Liquid did Rebirth or whatever I think our first one was called, like a bunch of people started getting in on it more and, and treating it more like a real docu-series. I but, think. But we are kind of going off off the topic, right? Which is should LCS teams be investing more sure. into infrastructure? It's tough when I hear about how much infrastructure TL has for me to think that like they're an org that hasn't invested enough into it, right? Like just I, you, you hear a lot about how many, you know, what position coaches and analysts and and different people that are gathering different data and like all that stuff compared to like FlyQuest, for instance, who seems to be running on a much leaner budget. I think they said that they only have like seven full time employees uh, for like a staff at FlyQuest, and I think that includes you know people who are social media and stuff like that. Um, and so it does feel as though there's a pretty big gap in terms of how much some of these teams are investing into infrastructure. And I don't think it's necessarily equal across the board. Um, you see a lot of teams that are doing more of it and others that are doing less. So I don't know. It's tough. Um, but I, I still don't think that like, let's put it this way. You need good enough player you can't just like build out the infrastructure and not have good players to take advantage of it and in order to get mm-hmm. the good players you do kind of need to pay the money to to get them right like if if immortals this year was like we're going to just build out a whole infrastructure system but we don't have any money to pay our players more than just like the minimum they're going to get nobody who's particularly very good and it's going to be really hard for that infrastructure to take place Right or to, to for anybody to take advantage of it. So that's kind of uh, one of my concerns. Bite my tongue there about getting <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry. You're like, oh, I, if they if they invested more. It, they they could have got. I don't know. Never mind. Go ahead. 
I, I think it's possible to actually get a team of all good players um, if you can actually have like a. I know it's kind of weird, um, but like this has happened in Korea uh, historically, and I I think it almost happened in Europe, where basically like if all the players will play and they know that they'll play with each other, um, then they won't ask as much, uh, or they won't push back on uh, salary and other stuff as much. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's recent stories of this, but I, it, 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 it's probably not my place to talk about it. Um, but I do know that there are players um, who have basically said, if you get this person, then I don't care about this salary. But without this person, I want this. It's yeah, um, probably true. So I know that those p- players do exist. Um, and I don't think it's unreasonable to think that you could probably get five of them. Um, here's a question. Uh, would an NA player be willing to take a big salary cut uh, in order to play with Chovy uh, or Showmaker or something? And if the answer is no, I think you know, most would. Uh, I think most would, yeah, but I don't think all. And I think that there's something to be had there um, if someone's saying no. But then you could probably get into other areas like why would they maybe say no? So, so maybe this if is what's... in my position. Uh, or if they were in my position years ago, like coming from like homelessness and like really hard financial stuff, maybe they're just afraid of the future, right. um, you know, and they, they can't afford to make that decision. And I can understand that. Um, but I think it just, yeah, it leads to a question. And so, so really so, quickly, uh, sorry, Marco, but just like Twitch chat, all spam. No. And I think that this is just, it's, there's this perception now that has, has taken root that like any players only care about cash. And it's just right. not true. Like based off of anything I've ever heard, like be, just because these guys get paid a lot and their agents do a good job of getting them great deals. It is not as like, I have never heard of a situation where people are like, Oh, I could go play at, at TSM. In fact, part of the reason why TSM's salaries have historically been low is because they've had Bjergsen on the team. And so you can say, Hey, yes, you can go get more money by paying for some playing for with somebody else, but you can play with Bjergsen here. Like any players take, right lower rates all the time to play with people that they think are particularly good um right so i just like i I really want to push back against that community perception because people think that that's like a thing and it's it's really not i wouldn't be surprised if there were a couple players in the lcs who were very money oriented and were just here to like cash checks at, at the end of their career would not be surprised it is not representative of the majority of the league in any way shape or form i've been talking so obviously, uh, I know that there are players that are already like trying to figure out like their offseason moves and other stuff. Um, and I do know that the allure of some teams, I think, is gone now. Um, most of the conversations are not about specific orgs, but who they can play with um, if they go to X, Y, and Z places. Um, and a lot of the conversations are also like, well, if I go here, is the org also willing to get this person? Um, and I think that a lot of perceptions of orgs right now are actually more so landing grounds, uh, than they are hubs that attract things. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, you were going to say something a little bit ago. I'm sorry I cut you off. Uh, no, mine was a bit of a circle back point. So I'm glad you guys concluded yours first. It was like the idea that like what what can infrastructure be um and i think that's weird um but like uh you know you said talked about tl having great infrastructure i think they do especially for their main team and i think that their 
it's not like a lack of infrastructure around their academy teams, but I, I definitely think there's been splits in seasons where teams have not felt incentivized by academy to really try to make it good. And this is like, I've horror stories, like absolute, just like, oh, just people don't give a fuck at all in academy or about academy. It's not like every single team is like that, but academy itself is not. That's what I heard the first year. I think it's gotten better every year. I heard it last year when I was complaining about in 2019. I, people yeah, were I do think some of those, the smaller orgs or the ones that are spending less do it because Riot makes them. There's Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of these and, and like people cancel scrims all the time. They don't take it seriously. And all, there's all these issues. And I don't want to get into a laundry list of them, but like, and you talk about infrastructure and like, that's one of the ones that I think I look at more so than like, does your team have a sports psychologist and all these things that's, that support your main team really well. Um, you know, it's, it's about the entire ecosystem and, and these kinds of things. I think teams might not be, they might be cutting the bills in some areas that they shouldn't be. Yeah. Hey, dilapidated yeah. peanut. Uh, thank you so much for your call. I actually wish we had more time to talk, especially about your first point. Cause I, I, I somewhat disagree with it, but I, I, we really do need to move on to the next caller. So thank you so much. Is there anything you want to say before we, uh, we say goodbye? I love the show. Uh, shout out to Alienware. Please have a nice night. Yeah, thank you so much. And again, let's get you on it again in the future because I know that we didn't get a chance to have as much back and forth as I like to have. So thank you. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We got one more caller to go, and the scam train has begun. We're mm -hmm. at tier one. You gotta be at level five, Travis. I we we gotta be level five. By the way, I don't know if I yeah. shouted him out, but naked homeless man who I mentioned earlier is back and sub for thirty three months. Thank you. T one hardstuck gold omega lol. Thank you for the sub. Real Acros, uh El Chango, I Iceman nineteen eighty six, uh Hook, Peter, Bricer, Shoxing, gifted a sub to Jack, Kyler, Yakomaniac, Shancy, Derpy Doorbell. Uh, Nam Kane Nine. Hey, there's a sub. Oh, T1 Fangirl. Yeah, T1 so Fangirl, hooking it up. Thank you, T1 Fangirl. Yeah. Wardism. Thank you for the prime. Scam train going. Pre never stop. Where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from the uh, up and coming city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids. Is it up and coming? Yeah, I mean it's it's actually growing like incredibly fast, and it's got like it's like one of the best places to raise a family in the United States, according to like a bunch of polls. Are you stuff, part so. of their, uh, like urban development board? <laughs> um, I did take a class on like the urban sustainability of cities. So well, it, I'm a little informed, I guess. What, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, planning. Let's do it. <laughs> let, yeah, let's dive into how cities live and die. In, no, I'm kidding. All right. Um, <laughs> so basically, uh, I feel like there's a, insane amount of negativity uh towards Fnatic after the loss to top esports which is crazy to me considering basically every single analyst or anyone who was looking at i mean even general perception was that they were going to get 3-0'd by top one of the best teams in the tournament and they were able to almost 3-0 them and i i get that like it's frustrating that being a few wins away from quarterfinals or from a semifinals is like annoying and it Where did you see the negativity? I feel, uh, I mean, Reddit threads. I feel like there's a lot of drama around the individual players. Like, I don't know. That, I, that's I, where I saw it for sure. I would say, I think people, there's been general positivity for how well they challenged 
uh, top in that series itself. But I, I can agree that I've seen some about individual players and like people flaming certain people, but like less. I think people thought they did well, all things considered, against top. Yeah, I thought yeah. they they had a great series. I, I'm surprised to hear that there's been people that are really upset about it or something. Um, I mean, Ellis, what? How do how did they perform based off your expectations going into that? Um, I remember, I remember watching it, and when they were up two zero, I was laughing, and then I'm like, are they really just gonna win? Like, it felt like the Twilight Zone. It felt like something... You know what actually gave me the vibes of? It was, uh, what was it, TL versus IG? Or what? Yeah. <laughs> right? It had the same vibes. Oh, for, like, I, I was minute. thinking like, SKT Misfits from, from years ago. Something, yeah, something is just so, so bizarre. And then, and, and the next three games... So game number three, um, Whippo, like, solo loses the game. Um, <laughs> pretty much by himself, and then game four, I thought they were gonna win again, and I'm yeah. like, holy shit, this is happening! Like this, this is it! Like they're gonna be able to close it, and then they threw, and then game five was just a disaster, and Nemesis obviously blundering really bad in mid lane, um, and that happens. So, first two games are really weird, um, and then obviously I don't think they were anticipating to even win uh the match going into it um i think everything leading up to it was actually pretty bad um and i yeah i i asked nemesis uh yesterday i said like what were you guys actually thinking when you were up to zero and uh he said they were thinking nothing and they were just like are we really just gonna get a free win <laughs> uh so there was that yeah i i just enjoyed mark and I were watching the games together. He's at home. Mark's like, oh, I guess I got to go to the studio because, like, I'm going to be on this thing afterwards and there's only one more game to go potentially. I'm like, Mark, I just want you to know that if you leave right now and you go into the studio, you're going to sit through the first reverse sweep that Worlds has ever seen. <clears throat> and that's exactly I, what happened. I got a, I got a funny screenshot of, of a post I made in, in the, uh, like, Riot Caster chat, like, banter thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, man, these motherfuckers really started zero two just to make me come in at the office and then reverse get reverse swept, huh? And Cajal just laughed. <laughs> he just <laughs> responded with We we were I we love our our EU friends, but I will say that uh it it was when when you when Ender was casting, um and it came back from I think it was game four or something, whichever one was like a stomp and like the you know the same thing would happen 100 for lcs casters i'm not trying to, to create this whole bias thing but and he had to be like yeah it's really cool to see them coming back and we're gonna have to see like the expression on his face just looked like he was in pain as he was saying this but he's like smiling and trying to say it. it's yeah, it, he's like yes. what a great series we're going to game five <laughs> you know, just like fuck underneath it <laughs> I mean, it would have been fun, I think, to see Fnatic have that. Like, that would have been a huge upset. And we were talking a lot about, I don't know, we get, I, I got flamed, I think, and I've said this previously, that I thought that Worlds was a little boring before this um, because so many things were playing out as expected. But um, but I think that that match really started to spice things up a ton um, at a time when we kind of needed it. So Yeah, yeah. and for, for some players, I know we, we talked about some some of them, getting getting some flame for some individual performances and i think especially when if they just went in and lost i don't think people would get 
some of them might not have gotten quite as much flame, but like when you have the opportunity to win and then you make a mistake, like getting solo killed in top lane or something like that, like then people start start getting more upset because you're like, oh, you're throwing this this advantage that you possibly had. But I still think it also for for like Hillisang and, and Reckless, especially like holy shit, these guys were incredible, and I think you can make the argument we're close to the best bot lane at, at the tournament. Um, you know, if not outright the best, like that that's really cool for 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 those players. Like I think people should be really positive on Fnatic, even if, like, looking forward, you're not sure where this roster goes or whatnot. Like, what they did at Worlds was, was pretty good. Like, I mean, fuck, I know NA has low expectations, but I take that so fast. I see a lot of people on Twitch chat saying the shock speech. I, this is one of those things where it's like, I always on the show, I'm like, should I, should I say something? Um, especially when I know it's going to get people angry at me. Uh, I actually thought that the speech was fine. I thought it was pretty hype, and if, if people are like, oh, it felt like an LEC broadcast, but I honestly hope that if the shoe was on the other foot and, like, Bjergsen was potentially about to, like, prove, you know, have some big upset, have some huge international moment of success after all these years, that, like, Dash could go out there and say something really exciting and hype up the match and tell what uh, the stakes were and all that stuff. I'm not looking at Twitch chat right now, but I see it moving very quickly. Um, and I And I think that that's Fine. It's a Western broadcast. So having uh, Europe talk about this really high potential moment for Europe and set the stage for what Game 3 means, really big. I also get the feeling that, like, had Fnatic then won that match and it had been, like, a 3-0, nobody would be like, oh, my God, that speech was so... Whoa, I can't believe it was said mid-series. Well, it's... I think it's, it's one of those things that, in hindsight, everybody's like, oh, wow, she jinxed it, or... I also saw somebody on Reddit be like, I've never seen Dash go out and talk for an, give an hour-long monologue. I posted that thing to my Twitter. It was 120 seconds. So the, <laughs> this, this speech everyone thinks is so long is like, I don't know, slightly longer than a TikTok, you zoomers. Anyway, uh, that's sort of my take there. But on the Fanatic stuff, I don't know. I, uh... I, I don't know if if people are giving them hate. I don't know. I think they played admirably. People expected them to like when people were memeing it whenever they got uh, went up against the that side of the bracket. So I just I don't know. Thought it was kind of goofy. Um, pre, any final thoughts before we say goodbye and we release LS to go to his appointment? Um. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say. Uh, or well, I wanted to wish LS the best on his health. With the eyes and the ketamine and all that stuff, you need to stay healthy so we can keep pushing the league scene towards better optimization. Uh, and I've been watching you since uh, you were frustrated with Silvers a few years ago coaching. So I uh, love your content, man. And then also shout out to Alienware. They're good computers over at alienware.com slash Travis. Hey, we love to see it. Thanks so much, Pre. All right, yeah. Have a good night, guys. Have a good one. All right, we are winding down the show. Let's do some shout-outs. Mark, what do you got for us? Uh, I don't have any shout-outs. Well, you never have anything. This is so depressing. What do you mean? Sometimes I pretend I'm going to stream, and then I don't do it. I'm not even going to do that this time. Um, shout-out to my espresso machine. Great purchase. Would recommend if anyone is a. Uh, Why don't you shout-out the not. person who re- told you to get it? Spawn? Yes. Uh, I'll shout-out Spawn. Australians in their coffee, they know what's up. Uh, so thanks to Spawn for, for giving me some, some good advice and perusing Amazon with me. Great. Beautiful. LS, <laughs> what do you want to plug? What are you doing? What's going on? 
no, I don't. I don't have anything to play. Oh, actually, I get my dog in like two weeks. Oh, oh, Samoyed. <sighs> this is. It's been so difficult because over the past couple of months, cat, every single fucking person <laughs> is getting a but pet. I be like Kobe. And the problem is, everybody gets these goddamn pets. And I just, I know that they're all popping up on his Twitter feed, and it's, it's not. I'm going to tweet an image of it, the, the dog. It's, cr- it's right creating now. a lot of Tag tension. Kobe. I think it's Tag creating Kobe a lot Kobe about a dog image? It's yeah. just, everybody's getting these animals. I'm going to tag Travis, too. Yeah, why not? Okay. Thanks for the idea, Mark. <laughs> you know, I really appreciate you being on the show, but in this moment, I'm almost wondering if it was a mistake. <laughs> Next next time, stay tuned for next week when it's just me and Mark, everybody. Um, <laughs> when it's just Travis, I've been let go. Yeah. Um, I will say I saw I saw some people in, in Twitch chat talking about it. I, I don't know if it's going to make the the cut of the the video at the beginning where like the reason I'm wearing a mask. I saw some people like randomly guessing. It's because Ellis mentioned like the U.S. Needs, said something about like the the U.S. needs to be shown how it's done, and so I was like, you know what? It's probably not that hard to wear a mask for an entire show. Uh, he's actually somewhere where he needs a mask. I saw it, mine was just because I was like, I bet I could do a whole show with a mask, and that was the entire justification for it. True. I tried to do it, but then people were upset with how muffled my voice comes because this is, a, this is a a very heavy mask. Uh, people were upset about this. Anyway, this is the yeah. this is the American way of wearing the mask. I, I should have done the show like this. Oh yeah, just... you you love that. You walk into the store and people are just yeah like, this guy. Right here, people. <laughs> I got it. I've heard it's. Yeah, I've heard it's called dick nosing. Is the way that people have. I've just. I've seen it described that way on. Uh, on Twitter, and I think it's. I'm a like the good... uh, the villain from Kotor, Knights of the Old Republic. What was that? Darth whatever. Darth Reap. You know where you had the metal jaw thing. Well, listen, we're not all nerds like you, Mark. Okay? Have you not played Knights of the Old Republic? It's one of the best RPGs ever made. Uh, I'm Malak. more of a Look, WoW person. Everyone when it comes knows to it. My in Fucking everyone is saying Malak. Mark, look how embarrassed you should be. You didn't even remember it was Malik. Get get a little bit, get it together, man. Anyway, thank you so much to LS. Thank you to Mark. And uh, for me, I've got some shout outs um, or plugs. Uh, go follow or go sub to me on YouTube because I'm closing in on 200K. Uh, it's, it's more than most LCS players will ever get on their YouTube channel channels so it's i know it's not as much as some of the the big old creators but sure. 400k for travis is what i'm what i'm saying here anyway but look 400k starts with 200k i'm i'm like 2k off uh and i've got a bunch of content coming up soon still working on getting that tsm interview i've been told it might be a couple weeks but trying to make it sooner um interview with reggie and a deficio interview should be hidden at the YouTube channel soon or already up if you are assuming everything goes okay. He was not feeling well last night and we pushed it tonight. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so this is Hotline League episode. Man, it feels like there's something I'm forgetting to promote. Fuck. Coach Prime or? Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's you know, you're always going to be on top of those, yeah. I just need money for the Klee banner, which opens tomorrow in Genshin Impact. Anyway, I, I think I think whatever. Let's let's Hotline League episode one forty five.